Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 23, called Open the Eyes of My Heart. When we say your heart, we're not talking about your pumping organ. We're, we got the word cardia here. But the idea of the heart is the whole of the person, the center of who you are. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Fotizo is the Greek word. means to shed rays, to bring into light, to render something evident or clear so that you may know, here's Paul's prayer, what is the hope of his calling, that you might know your hope, What are the riches of the glory, the riches that you have, of his inheritance, and his inheritance is in the saints. A cool thought is we are his inheritance. Did you know that? You are Christ's inheritance. God the Father has given the church to the Son. Think of the picture of marriage now. We are his inheritance in the sense that he's purchased us with a dowry, The bride price has been paid and the father is now giving the church as a gift to his son. We are his inheritance. And you're going to see at the end of this section some mind-blowing words that Christ has voluntarily allowed himself to be, and I say this with all the utmost respect, to be incomplete without the church. And you say, Pastor Michael, are you sure? I'm going to show you the verse in a minute where I'm not saying Christ is in any way incomplete. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying he is voluntarily Uh, set up the universe so that the church would fill this all-in-all position. And Paul says, I want your eyes to be open to the fact that you have great hope, great riches, and you are his inheritance. I want you, if you could go with the analogy for a second, to have spiritual 2020. Now, as I've gotten older, I used to make fun of people who had those little uh, reading glasses all over the house. Do you guys have those? properly positioned so that you can read stuff. And a couple weeks ago, I was trying to read something and I couldn't see it. And my wife had a pair of those little glasses and a mug and I put them on and I kind of looked around to see if anybody's looking. And I put them on and I said, I can see the type better. <laughs> and now I've admitted it publicly, so please don't tell my wife. But anyway, <laughs> Paul wants us to have clear 2020 spiritual eyes. And there's a lot of things that can convolute our vision. I was playing racquetball one day with a guy, and he's an attorney. And he was known in our group as this obnoxious guy who argued every call that didn't go his way. What he claimed is that he had 2015 vision. I got 2015! 2015! I saw that! He said, we don't care if you have 2015, you're an attorney and you're a liar! (laughs) We saw it, right? Anyway, if you're an attorney, I'm sorry, not all attorneys are evil. But, so... (laughs) you got to be careful. So we're at the smoothie bar, and I had my wallet out, and I'm buying a smoothie, and I noticed that he's peering over at my driver's license. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, aha! And I said, what? And he said, corrective lenses. It says it right there on your license. And I said, so? I said, they correct my vision to 2020. He said, if I had you on the witness stand, I would tear you apart. And I said, how would you tear me apart? He said, I would ask, when's the last time you had those things clean? When's the last time you changed the barrel? I said, I would tear you apart. I said, all right. Anyway. Now, you say, what's the point, Pastor Michael? I have no point. 
No, I'm just kidding, I do. <laughs> I just wanted to make fun of a lawyer during a message. No, <laughs> just kidding. Actually, my point is, I need corrective lenses. And I'm not talking about my contact lenses. You see, I realize that sometimes I don't see things right. And you know what corrects my vision? His presence. Now, he already lives in me, but you know, I just showed you how in 424 it's put on the new man. In 518 it's be filled with the Spirit. In 6, 10 and 11 it's put on. We got to put on what he's provided. You know, when God gave us a picture of this, he gave it to us in the manna in the wilderness. And every day they had to pick up the provision. One day at a time. Remember, they couldn't get extra. There's only a, a provision, I think, for the Sabbath day, but that was it, right? You've got to pick up what God put down and make it your own. Bring it into your tent. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? That's a little man of humor for you. <laughs> what I'm saying is the provision is there, but you've got to do something with it. That's the story of Ephesians. Yes, you have these things, and I want you to know that they're available for you. Here's where the glasses are, but you've got to make a move and put them on. And when you put them on, you see clearly. Because as Christians, we know we need that. Because if we're not investing in the things of God, we can, our, our, our line of sight can be muddied. Our sight line. Uh, I remember, you guys are familiar with Border Street, right? You know all those beautiful trees on Border One day I was driving down Border and I had all these thoughts on my mind. Just picture a beautiful street with nice trees. And I realized how many times I had driven by those trees and I didn't appreciate their beauty. I just, I had 27 things on my mind and and so that was it. And so I didn't look around. I I didn't change my sight line. I didn't widen my sight line to see. And see, what God wants you to do is widen your sight line. He wants you to see lost people around you. He wants you to see Christians around you who need encouragement. He wants you to widen your sight line wider than the tunnel vision that this world lives with. And the only way you can do that is if you get 2020, spiritually speaking. See, Paul's writing all this under house arrest, chained to a Roman guard. How in the world does this man encourage other Christians with these kinds of thoughts? Well, I'll tell you. Because he knows who he is in Christ. He knows where he's going. And so he's encouraging other Christians to stay the course. And let me encourage you. This is who you are in Christ. You have great hope. You have great wealth. And you are his inheritance. And so keep living for the things that really matter. One writer says, the Christian's primary need is for wisdom and obedience to appropriate the abundance of blessings the Lord has already given us. Our problem is not lack of blessings, but lack of insight and wisdom to understand and use them properly and faithfully. Our blessings are so vast that the human mind cannot comprehend them. We just need to plug into the power source and use them. Just before World War II, in the town of Itasca, Texas, a school fire took the lives of 263 children. There was scarcely a family in town which was not touched by the horrifying tragedy. During the war, Itasca remained without school facilities, but when the war ended, the town, like many others, began to expand and in fact built a new school which featured what was called, quote, the finest sprinkler system in the world, close quote. Civic pride ran high. 
Honor students were selected to guide citizens and visitors on tours of the new facility to show them the finest, most advanced sprinkler system technology uh, could supply and money could buy. Never again would this little town be visited by such a tragedy. With the post-war boom, the town continued to grow, and seven years later, it was necessary to enlarge the school. And in adding the new wing, it was discovered that the sprinkler system had never been connected. Had they had a fire, it wouldn't have mattered. They weren't plugged in. Have you ever had computer problems, and you call that techie guy, and you say, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm seeing on the screen. What should I do? And he says, well, have you unplugged it and plugged it back in? And I'm like, is that all you have to offer? I thought you were going to give me some code or something secret, some hidden thing. No, just unplug it, and, and it usually fix the problem. See, we need to be plugged into the power source. Open my eyes to your power. Paul would ask, do you see it? Paul would ask, do you see it? Do you see who you are? Do you see what's available? Do you see what's in the cupboard? If you just go there, if you just put on your glasses. Now these are the things, Ephesians 1.19. The great things that he has done for us. Notice, the surpassing greatness, what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward those or toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Four synonyms in Greek, surpassing greatness of his power who believe. These are in in accordance with the working of the strength of what? Of whose? His might. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Look at verse 20. Which he brought about in Christ, that's who we are, we're in Christ, when he raised him from the dead. We have a historical precedent for this power, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. If you want to know about the power that Paul's been stacking one upon another in verse 19, it was manifested in the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. That's found in verse 20. God brought it about in Christ. He gave you a display of his power when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in heavenly places, and that's the power that works in you. Really? Resurrection power resides in me, yeah. Romans 8.11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your immortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. 2 Corinthians 4.7 says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Look at Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him, Ephesians 3, 20, who is able to do what? Exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to what? The power that works within us. Paul said something very similar about that power in Colossians 1, I think it's verse 29. Now, we're almost done, but I want you to go to Philippians 3 for a second. I'm talking about the, the subject found in here in Ephesians 1, and Paul says something about knowing Christ in Philippians 3. He was talking about all his worldly accomplishments, his pedigree, his religious status, Philippians 3, verse 10. And here's what he says. 
This is Paul's singular goal. Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and the what? And the power of his resurrection. Paul believed that he could know that. And here's the part we don't like to read. And the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And not from ourselves, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Look at Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him, Ephesians 3, 20. Who is able to do what? Exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to what? The power that works within us. Paul said something very similar about that power in Colossians 1. I think it's verse 29. Now, we're almost done, but I want you to go to Philippians 3 for a second. I'm talking about the, the subject found in here in Ephesians 1 and Paul says something about knowing Christ in Philippians 3. He was talking about all his worldly accomplishments, his pedigree, his religious status, Philippians 3, verse 10. And here's what he says. This is Paul's singular goal. Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and the what? And the power of his resurrection. Paul believed that he could know that. And here's the part we don't like to read and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. See, Paul knew that one day the realization for the Christian of all that we have in Christ will be realized in our own resurrection, and you could say it this way, in our own ascension into heaven, because the rapture will be an ascending to meet the Lord in the air. That same power that is now resident in us will raise us from the dead and seat us literally with Christ. And then, of course, when the millennial reign begins, we will be very physical and we will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. That same awesome power that raised Jesus from the dead will raise us as well. What we need to have is our eyes open like Elisha's servant. 
Remember Elisha said, Oh Lord, open his eyes that he might see all the armies that are actually on our side. Now we'll finish up quickly in the final couple of verses here. This is uh, back to Ephesians 1, verse... Did I... Oh yeah, I got it. Ephesians 1, 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put, 22, all things in subjection under his feet, Jesus' feet, and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You know, when you think about Ephesians, Ephesians is really an address to the called out people of God called into Christ to show you the amazing heritage and inheritance that you have in Jesus Christ. John Calvin said, quote, This is the highest honor of the church, that until he is united to us, the Son of God reckons himself in some measure incomplete. What consolation it is for us to learn that not until we are in his presence does he possess all his parts, nor does he wish to be regarded as complete. Close quote. What a grand position we have been granted in Christ. This is precisely what Paul is praying that we would understand. His body, look at verse 23 again, is the fullness of him who fills all in all. In other words, the head is not complete without the body, and the body is not complete without the head. And Jesus, even though he is 100% God and 100% man, has decided to bring us into the equation. He's the head, we're the body. And one day when we're all united in heaven, then it will be an all-in-all kind of celebration where we will be united to the head. And as a matter of fact, in Revelation 21, 22, it says we will see his face. Isn't that awesome? Paul says, hey church, that's who you are. Could you think of anything better? The God of the universe is going to spend forever showing you the riches of your inheritance in Jesus Christ. And that's next week's Bible study. He's going to be forever showing us the grand gift that he has given to us. What a thrilling and securing wonder He has chosen us to display his incomparable majesty. We are guaranteed to come to glory in order that we might manifest his praise. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for who you have made us in Christ. Ephesians is such a rich uh, wealth of reality and truth that brings security and wonder to the believer's heart. It's something that the enemy wants to muddy and something that he'd like to steal from us in terms of our joy of it and maybe even make people doubt the reality of their salvation or the sealing of the Holy Spirit. But these are your promises to your people. And we simply say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You chose us to be your bride. You chose us to be complete in you. And in you, we are complete who is head over everything. 
There's no power greater in the universe. You made the universe. And we will be at the side of the king forever, worshiping you, thanking you, serving you, glorifying you. And we're grateful to be in that great assembly of the saints. And if you're here and you've not met Jesus, you're not sure if this is a reality for you. It can be. But you need to appropriate what he's done for you. You need to receive it. And you need to believe that he died on the cross for you. Trust in his finished work on the cross, his resurrection. Turn in repentance to him and turn away from your sin and trust in him. Give yourself to him. And you will have him. You will have his Holy Spirit. And God will come and make his abode in you. And he will seal you for the day of redemption. If you're not sure you're a Christian, if you maybe have been wayward or you feel like you've just been far away, maybe you're a person who's left their first love. I guess we could all say that we at times can be more distant than others. Then remember from where you have fallen. And turn back. Don't toy with sin. Don't think that there's something better for you over there because there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So turn back to him. He wants to heal you and strengthen you. So if you're an unbeliever here tonight, it's something like this. I'd encourage you to pray it if it's you. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I turn away from my sin and I trust in you. I trust that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again from the dead. And I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. Please forgive me of my sins and make me your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I want to lift up the saints that are here. Thank you for those who have opened their hearts to you tonight. And for the saints that are here, I pray that you would just encourage them in the Holy Spirit. Encourage them with the wealth that they possess in Jesus, no matter what they're facing. Some are facing hardships. Some are facing difficult times. And I pray that you would lighten their load by reminding them of who they are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Open the Eyes of My Heart, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. Hey, and if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow Walk in Truth on social media. We'd love to see who's listening. Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow us at at Walk in Truth Show. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, I think we would round out, open the eyes of my heart in Ephesians 1, by saying, oh Lord, give me 2020 spiritual vision. <laughs> you know, I was thinking back to when 2020, the year 2020 commenced, uh, we were coming up with this cute uh, vision and church, other churches were, Lord, give us 2020 vision in 2020. <laughs> Could we have imagined <laughs> what we were going to get then? Uh, so yeah, 2020 came and it wasn't what we expected. Uh, but the Lord knew it was coming and he has redeemed it. He has uh, exploited it for good. It's been tough. Yes, it's been hard. The world has certainly changed since COVID. However, 
God is faithful and he's gotten many people's attention in the last year or so than maybe would have paid attention otherwise. And I can't explain every angle about the why, brethren, but I will just tell you, God has done a tremendous work and he's opening the eyes of people's hearts and bringing, you know, oftentimes when I witness to people, I find out they have a Christian background. And that means many are coming home. Won't you come home today? If you've been away from the Lord, why don't you come home? Come back to the Lord. Make him your first love again, and he will love you. He'll open his arms to you, just as the prodigal's father did, and he will rejoice. Heaven rejoices when one sinner comes to repentance. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Well, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael. Hey, we're going to transition to Ephesians chapter 2 tomorrow. And the message is the gift of life. We're talking about the gospel. If you have a friend or family member and you would like them to understand the essence of the gospel of grace, the next several programs are very important to define the gospel and understand how one receives Jesus. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 7, and then moving on to 8 through 10, uh, that's what's coming here on Walk in Truth. So, Please pray that many people will come to know the Lord, know the biblical gospel, and Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow for the gift of life. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. And thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. Praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, could you please consider becoming a partner of at least $5 a month? You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 7, called The Gift of Life. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.